Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn with me, if you would, to Daniel chapter 11. Daniel, the 11th chapter, we read this passage last week, but I want to look at it again. Daniel chapter 11, hallelujah. While you're turning there, we'll just uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your blessing on our lives. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity to feed on your word today. We turn to your word, we look into your word because we know that your word is a living thing. Father, we know that your, your word brings illumination to our hearts understanding and direction to our lives. We thank you, Father, that it empowers us, instructs us, enables us, Father, shows us the way to go. We also know that the author of this holy word lives on the inside of our hearts as born-again believers. We thank you for the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit who is our supreme teacher and guide. We expect the Holy Spirit today to open our hearts, to open our understandings, Father, to show us great and mighty things from your word that we've not seen yet. Strengthen the things that that we have seen. Encourage us, deepen our, our love and our understanding for your truth today. We thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. In Daniel chapter 11, like I said, we read this, excuse me, this verse last week. And in verse number 32, it says, those who do wickedly against the covenant he shall corrupt with flattery, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. We've talked about in our study of faith the last few weeks, we've talked about the importance of being strong in faith because God has assignments for these last days, for each one of us. We're living in the last days. We're living in the end times. And in the days just before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is a lot to be accomplished and God needs everybody. Amen. Amen. And God, like I said, will give us assignments in these last days. But in order to carry out God's assignments, we have to be strong in faith. It'll take faith to do the exploits of God. Now, when this scripture talks about the people who do know their God shall be strong and do great exploits, he's not necessarily, when you think about exploits, you know, it's not necessarily talking about jumping off of, of, of fiery buildings, you know, and, and uh, running faster than a train or anything like that. A great exploit is whatever God gives you to do that bears eternal fruit. Amen. That is a great exploit. And so God wants all of us to be fruitful. He wants all of our lives to to be, be fruitful and for each one of us to carry with us when we go to heaven to carry precious people with us. And we're all instrumental in spreading the gospel, spreading the word of God, being effective and being the, the kind of witness that God needs in these last days. God doesn't just need church pew sitters. God, in these last days, God needs the local uh, body. God needs the, the 
uh, Christian, the everyday believer that works in the workplace and that, and that uh, uh, is attending school or college or whatever our pursuits of life, God needs all of us busy in those places, letting his light shine through us and be an example to people and ministers to people. Amen? Well, in order to do that, it takes great faith. Amen. To do great exploits, it takes great faith. And so uh, we've talked about the fact that God gives us uh, uh, all that we need in his word. He's given us all we need to walk in faith. But it's a matter of putting the word into practice. We've also found that life itself offers us plenty of opportunities to develop our faith. And we're supposed to use our faith in the... Uh, situations, circumstances, even the storms and tests and trials of this life, we are to use our faith to hone our skills so that we can receive the things that God has given us because he wants our lives to be blessed and, and, and healthy and prosperous. The Bible talks about all of those things. God's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, but also that by using our faith every day for the things that we need, then we will be fresh where our faith is concerned. Because any kind of ministry you'll ever have, anything you'll ever do for the Lord, the enemy will oppose you. Just like he opposes your health, just like he opposes your, your uh, perhaps your finances or anything that, that uh, is important to you in life, he will oppose anything you try to do for the Lord. But the same uh, principles of faith that you use in pushing him back, in, in, in uh, using that shield of faith to quench all what the Bible calls the fiery darts of the wicked, that same shield of faith is used in ministry as in used in our personal life. Amen? Glory to God. Uh, we talked about the importance last week, and this is what it was central in what I said, is we need to have faith in God's word and value the word of God as it is. When Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, he said, when you heard the word of the gospel that I preached to you, he said, you did not receive it as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of the living God. God's word is just that. It is his word. And it is his bond. As, as Christians, in order to be strong in faith, you have to come to the place where the word of God is final authority in your life. Above anything anybody says, above anything the culture says, above anything even well-meaning friends or family might say, in every situation in life, we should always approach it with this, with this question or this should be our response in every situation in life is what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say about this? And I have noticed that, that uh, sometimes people are real quick to want to quote what the Bible says concerning things that are convenient or, or of interest to them at the time. The things that seem important to them or the things that, that might seem to bring a blessing in their life, they're quick to say, I'm going to stand on the word of God. But then whenever the word uh, gives direction and gives light into our lives about something maybe that uh, is not so convenient or is not so uh, easily welcomed, it might require some change, it might require some adjustment, it might require that we admit we're wrong. 
Sometimes we're a little slower to have that same steadfast uh, stand on. If the Bible says it, I believe it. That settles it. I'm going to do it because it is God's word. And listen, as a Christian, God's, you don't, now as a person, understand what I'm saying. As a person, as an individual, you can do what you want to. God has, has uh, uh, given us uh, a free will and he will not impose himself upon us. We can do what we want from that standpoint. But if you want to look at it from the standpoint of, of what does God require, we really don't have a choice. God's word is, is everything. And if God says it, and if it's clearly uh, uh, identified in the word of God, then it is our obligation to act on that, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it means change, even if it means admitting we're wrong or backing up and going and redoing something, doing it over again. If God's word shows us a particular truth or a particular path, it's our obligation to walk in it. Amen. And I say that because our culture today is, is offering up a lot of, of alternative interpretations. It, uh, alternative uh, uh, paths, so to speak. But you know, we read the scripture last week and we can look at it again. It's over in uh, one, Psalm 119. Turn over there and look at that again. Psalm 119 And verse number 160, I think. Psalm 119 and in verse 160, it says the entirety of your word is truth. Not just the, li- not just the parts we like. Years ago, there was a, one of the uh, fast food chains. I don't know if it was McDonald's or Burger King. Burger King had a motto. This will, this will date us a little bit. But he had, Burger King had a motto about 20 years ago. And, uh, and it went like this, have it your way. You remember that? Pastor Angela did a, a, a series or preached a message. I don't know if it was a single message, but a series. She preached a single message on, uh, I don't know, basically when it comes to, to hamburgers, you can have it your way. But when it comes to God, you can't have it your way. And a lot of Christians want to have it their way. I, and, and, and if I remember right, the hamburger chain, when it said you can have it your way, you could order your hamburger, hamburger any way you wanted it. If you like lettuce and pickles, you can have that. If you don't like lettuce and pickles, you don't have to have that. If you want onions, you can have onions. But if you don't want any onions, you don't have to have any. You can pick and choose, and so you can have it your way. And the point she was making in her message is, that's not Christianity. Christianity isn't a have-it-your-way affair. It is not up to us to pick and choose which truths we want to endorse, which principles we want to live by, uh, pick and choose uh, which blessings and which obligations we want to accept or reject. It says here, the entirety of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. You know, the Bible says that this world And the fashion of this world will pass away, but the word of God will endure forever. Amen. And the truth is going to be the truth next year. The same truth that's always been the truth 
will be true next year and the year after that and the decade after that and the millennium after that and, and after time comes to an end, the truth will remain. So it's not the church's job to try to uh, fit into the mold of the world. It's the church's job to show the world the truth and to live the power, live in the glory, live in the splendor of God's truth and let people see the excellence of God's power, the wonderfulness of his truth by living those things out, not by compromising with the world. Amen. And if a person is casual in their uh, approach to the things of God on one hand, If a person doesn't want to really live by the word of God when it comes to uh, behavior and conduct and and philosophy and that sort of thing, if a person is not going to live according to the word of God that way, in other words, they're going to yield or give in to this world and give in to pressure. What makes that person think whenever the enemy attacks in sickness or in finances or in some other personal assault under your life, what makes you think that person's then suddenly gonna stand on the word? No, if we fold in one area, we'll fold in another. Amen. Amen. And so we have, to, we have to have this understanding that God's word is the truth. It's the whole truth and it's nothing but the truth. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus said in Matthew 7, turn over there with me. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, he will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. Notice that the storms of life come to everybody. The storms of life, the assaults from the enemy come to everybody. If you live in this world, you will be assailed by storms, tests, and trials. These things come to everybody. The difference isn't who had, who had great tests and trials and who didn't. The difference is who did the word, who acted on the word. And who didn't? Notice the people who didn't act on the word, the ones who did not do the word, notice they heard them. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them. So this isn't talking about outsiders. This isn't talking about the world. This isn't talking about the unchurched. This isn't talk about, talking about non-Christians, non-believers. This is talking about people who hear the word of God. He said, people who hear these sayings of mine and yet do not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Now the Bible says a fool 
is a person who says in his heart, there is no God. That's what the Bible describes as a fool. According to the Bible, a fool is someone who says there is no God. So in other words, a fool is an, is an unsaved person. Jesus say, say, is saying here, people of, of his own, his own uh, children, in other words, God's own people, people who hear the word of God and yet do not act on it, do not do it, will be like the foolish man. Now, I've seen that in my life. And on one hand, there, there are Christians, and I know many of them, and I witnessed this growing up. There are many Christians who genuinely love the Lord. They genuinely love God. And they're genuinely saved. And I know, and I knew, and I'm, and I'm thinking of uh, my upbringing and the people I knew in church. Genuinely loved God, were born again, and filled with the Spirit. But as a teenager, one of the things that caused me to backslide and to rebel against God is that I couldn't really see other than, uh, uh, you know, avoiding certain sins... We didn't, we didn't drink or smoke or, or, or uh, go to worldly entertainment venues and things like that. You know, Steve Green said it like this. He said, we didn't uh, drink, drink, cut, drink, smoke, or chew, didn't run with girls who do. Something like that. Okay, our, our church culture, we were really big on living holy lives in that sense. But the thing, and I didn't understand really what I saw, but the thing that, that caused me to rebel and to turn against God was when it came to the storms of life, when it came, when it came to the difficulties, the really hard things in life that came against people, I couldn't see any difference in my family and the people in my church. I couldn't see any difference in them in the world. Now, there was a difference in behavior and lifestyle, but I'm talking about when the assaults of the enemy came, when, when the neighbors were hit with death and destruction and folded, so did people in the church. I said, so did people in the church. Death, destruction, sickness, uh, lack, all kinds of tragedies and, and bad things happening. It seemed to me, at least as a young person, I looked around and I thought, what is the benefit of serving God if we're just going to be mowed down just like everybody else? What was the, what was the problem? It wasn't that our, 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 in, our, in that generation, it wasn't that we didn't hear the truth, we didn't read it, we didn't know it, we heard the words of Jesus, but we didn't put them into practice. Not in, not, no, we put them into practice in our conduct, in our behavior, living upright. But when it came to withstanding the attacks of the evil one, we didn't act on those words. We didn't actually do what Jesus said. See, Jesus said, if any of you speaks to the mountain and says, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says will come to pass. He will have what he says. Well, in, in our church, instead of us having what we said, in, in a good sense, we had what we said in the negative sense. And the idea was, well, you know, when flu season comes, 
either get your shots or just, you know, uh, uh, get plenty of fluids in you because, you know, the flu is going to come through our house just like it does everybody else's house. And so I saw, in other words, what I'm saying is I saw destruction. I saw the, the assaults of the enemy, the, the, the devil laying waste, so to speak, in people's lives. I didn't see any difference. But you see, even all the way back in the Old Testament, God's plan for his people was for them to be different. He said where, where the children of Israel concerned, when he took them out of Egypt, he said that, that when he led the children of Israel, when Moses led the children of Israel out with God's power, it says that no one lifted their voice against the children of Israel and not even a dog barked. Now they left in the middle of the night. Approximately six million people left town in the middle of the night with all of their belongings, with all their livestock, with all their household, everything they had, and they were silent. And the Bible says the dogs of the Egyptians didn't even bark to notify anybody. And the Bible says the reason God did that was to make a difference between his people and the people in the world. There should be a difference in our lives in the way, not only in the way we conduct ourselves in in our ethics and so forth and our our, uh, clean living and those sort of things. There ought to be a difference in our lives in how the, the blessing of God rests upon us and how we walk in the fullness of redemption, in the fullness of our authority, in the fullness of the power of God so that people can see, you know, there's something not just about Brother Philip. There's not just the fact that he doesn't swear and he doesn't go to the bars and he doesn't do those things. There's something powerful in his life. There's something powerful in Eric and in, in, in Jenna's life. The, the, the world should see that there is a quality, a depth in our lives. Well, the only way that comes is by hearing the word of God and acting on it. Jesus said to the, to the person who hears the word, And does the word, he said, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew. Notice the rain descended, the floods still came, the wind still blew, and beat on that house. But it did not fall. Glory to God. It beat on that house. But it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. On the one hand, you could turn this negative, and you could say, get ready, folks, the storm's coming. And I've already pointed out that the storm's coming. Well, we can just focus on that. Notice notice the storm beat on that house. Have you ever had the enemy come against you and you felt like you'd been beat up? It said that the storm came and the winds and the, and the floods and they beat on that house, but it did not fall. It did not fall. So, so don't get on the negative and focus on the storms. Get on the positive and realize if you'll act on the word of God, you will prevail. You will come through. You will not fall. I'm not talking about you'll just crawl out on your hands and knees with your clothes torn half off, your hair pulled out, 
missing teeth and just stagger out to the very end. Oh, God was faithful. He, he brought me through. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about marching through life with all of the assault of the enemy coming around you. And you're, and you're not, you're not uh, uh, exempt from that, but you walk through life, praise God. You, you know, your hair's done. Your clothes are in array. I mean, not in array. They're fixed right, and you're looking good, praise God. Right in the middle of the storm, right in the middle of the enemy's assault, you're looking good. You're, you're, you're upright. You're saying glory to God. The Bible says, 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 you're standing. Standing on the word of God. Hallelujah. Well, that can only happen when we take the word of God as it is in truth. The word of the living God. It's not the word of man. It's not to be treated like the word of man. It's to be honored. It's to be, it's to be uh, uh, submitted to. You can tell what someone's opinion of the word is by how submitted they are to it. And again, it's not just have it your way. Submit to all of the word of God. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. What, what will it cost you? Oh, just the loss of your house if you don't do it. But what will it cost you if you do do it? It won't cost you anything except standing but what, what reward will it bring? The end, of, uh, the end of life. You can look around, your children are saved. Your grandchildren are saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. You're prosperous, you're blessed. E everything in, in your life is intact. I mean, my wife and I started out just as, as children, literally. I mean, we were... 16, she was 16, I was 17, we got married. We had virtually no chance, and I'm not recommending this. But we had virtually no chance of, of making it. And, and on my part, I was doing everything I could to sabotage God's plans for my life. But like when Pastor Angela said this morning, when she turned her life over to him, when she made a complete consecration to God, same thing with me, when I made a complete consecration to God, and that meant a consecration to his word. And, and I, didn't, I went before the Lord and said, now Lord, I want your word to prevail in my life and not just the things that are of particular blessing to me, but anything you lead me into, anything you have for me, whatever the Bible says about it, I'm gonna do it. And, and we're not at the end of our life, don't misunderstand me. But I can tell you what, through the storms of life, we've stood time after time after time after time, and we look pretty good. Amen. When I say we look pretty good, I'm saying our life looks pretty good. Amen. I have my children, they're, they're, uh, they're all saved. My sons, my daughter-in-laws, my granddaughter-in-laws, yeah. Huh? It just didn't sound right. Daughter-in-laws. Uh, Daughters-in-law, excuse me. I think that's the way he said Daughters-in-law. Uh, my children. I've already said my grandchildren. What's, what's that the result of? It's not, it's not anything we did. And in other words, it's not anything that we in of our natural selves produced. Everything we have is because of the word of God. 
When you build your life on the word, you will stand. Oh, hallelujah. Make that consecration to the Lord that whatever you find in the word of God, whatever you see, whatever uh, you understand from the word of God, that you will put it into practice, that you will obey it, that you will act on it, that you'll put into practice in your life on a daily basis. Sometimes it'll look like it's hard. Sometimes it'll look like that'll be a real sacrifice if I do that. If I obey God, if I do what I see in the word of God and, and how he's instructing me to respond and to act on this word, if I do that, it's, it's, gonna, be, it's gonna put me in a hard place. It's gonna restrict me. It's gonna cost me. If you'll do that and keep doing it all of your life, you'll look back like we are. You'll look back and say, oh, my, my, my. Hallelujah, what a good life. What a blessed life. It just, it's good to stand. It's good when your house doesn't fall apart. It's good when your life doesn't fall apart. It's good to look, be able to look back and say, you know, there have been some tests and there have been some trials and the enemies come against me, but it's good. Hallelujah. God will bring you through. And the things, when you're doing, listen, when you're doing all you know to do to stand, even the things you don't know to do, when you're doing all you know, God will work it out on the other end and, and, and send help and, and, and whatever you need to pull you through. Amen. When you're doing all you know to do, but you, when you compromise, when you cut corners on the things of God, it, it, it doesn't pay off. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.